here finally <laughs> um yep. so before we get started i just want to thank everybody for coming back to another episode of sakara why this is the final episode of the parenting season season four before we um, transfer into the friendship season of sakara why um and i'm joined here okay so which name do you want to go by because I've always known you to be Sharif, but my sister always calls you Mikkel. Um, you can call me Sharif. Okay, so so we're joined here with Sharif, who is a proud father of two beautiful girls. Um, and he's going to tell us a bit about his story. I think it is very, um, you know, it's surprisingly not unique. I think I think it's actually very sad, the story. Um, but I think it's important that people hear about your experience so that they can gain some perspective. Um, but before we get into it, because it might be a little heavy, I do have a few like lead-in questions, okay? Okay. Okay. So how are you feeling? Let me just see how you are. Um, I'm up. I'm up and down, but you know, I'm learning to deal with it. Um, I actually had a court date coming up August 12th, so I'm just looking forward to that kind of. Okay. Well, don't don't. Wait, so we won't. We won't go. We'll go there in a second. But first, okay. let me ask you, um, as a guy, you know, um, do you have any friends or have you ever experienced any of your friends who are just like not into being fathers? Like maybe they're deadbeat dads or maybe maybe deadbeat moms. Like, do you have any friends or have you seen anyone who just wasn't showing up for their kids? Honestly, I don't have any friends who don't show up for their kids. I wouldn't even befriend someone who don't, but the friends that I've known that I've had for a long time, all my friends that I know, you know, are there for their kids. They might have some shortcomings as far as things they may go through with their kid's mother, but all of them try to do their best for their kids. That's good. I, I am happy all my friends, male and female, they are great parents. I'm always shocked though, when I see somebody who really is out here living like their kids don't exist, like why is why are your friends okay with this? Like why are they not holding you accountable or why are they not showing up for um for for your children? So I always think that's interesting, but I'm glad to hear that you don't have any of those dead parents friends. No, not at all. Now before we jump straight into where we are, um, and I want you to really Dig deep, okay? I'm going to challenge you a little bit today. Yeah, I'm when ready. You, when you met your um, daughter's mother, when you guys first met, I want you to really relive that experience. What were some of the things that attracted you to her? Uh, honestly. Like, what are I, some of her most positive qualities? She was goofy. Okay. She was, she was, I thought she was beautiful and she was goofy. It's crazy how we actually, like when I first saw her, I saw her at a party. And, you know, she just kind of, me being new in North Carolina, because that's where I was when I met her. I was just moving from New Jersey. Okay. So me kind of being new and seeing her face, that was kind of like the face that caught my eye in North Carolina, in that small town that we were in. So I told myself, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going to get her. So she lived like the next block over from the complex where me and my mother stayed. So um, I was over there, me and my friend, we were walking and she was like outside. And 
I walked up to her and she like smiled and she had like a like a tongue ring. <laughs> and she I was like, um, I was like, let me see your tongue ring. And she stuck her tongue ring out and I just like kissed her. Oh, like just off the back. And it actually started from there. So, yeah, that's how we actually met. And that was how many years ago? That was 2000. My daughter was born in 2005. So, yeah, that was about 2004, the end of 2004, I believe. And you or just maybe, kissed, maybe beginning kissing people all willy-nilly. <laughs> I know, right? I was, um, I know I was, I was 19, about 19 or 20, and I was actually, like, kind of tipsy. So it just, like, went off the fly and did it. And she was okay with that. She was like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, because I can tell, you know, I can tell, like, she was actually eyeing me, too. So it wasn't like I felt like I would be rejected. Mm -hmm. So that's why I actually went for it because I don't do good with rejection. So, okay. and I wanted to start there um, because you guys right now are not on good terms. You're not in a great place. But when even I speak about my child's father, when we're not in a good place, I always try to reflect on what drew me to him. What are his positive qualities? What are some things that I I'm grateful that he is the father of my son as opposed to somebody else. And I think when I start there, it allows me to reframe the way I, I explain him when I'm upset. So I, I didn't want this to turn into, we're going to get up here and you're, we're going to bash your baby mother. Cause I don't want to do that. I do. Want well, to I'm not, well, I don't mean to cut you off, but honestly, I don't like in order for me to give the story the way so that, you know, you and the people can understand it. I wouldn't uh -huh. be bashing her. This would actually just be all facts. Right. You know and, it, and it may be facts, but I don't want it to be perceived as a we're bashing her. No, no, not at all. Not at yeah, all. So I just want to make sure that we give we give both sides like a full we give the full story. Right. So y'all yeah. were young. Y'all met. Y'all fell in love. Y'all had two children because she's the mother of both of your children. Yes. You had two children together. And then, um, so we, how old are your girls? My oldest is 15. She'll be 16 in December. And my youngest is 12 and she'll be 13 in March. And you, from what I've seen, and this is me from an outside perspective, are really happy dad. Like you're, you love flaunting your girls. Um, you love being around them. You're a proud father. You're a very involved parent. I remember you talking to me about their grades and about doing TikTok dances with them. And, you know, when, when you came on to Wednesdays with SAC, they were helping you with the questions and everything. Yeah. So you're a very involved father, and I really appreciated that about you. Um, but you haven't seen them in a while, right? No, I haven't seen. I saw my youngest daughter on her birthday because before that, you know, this was all going on. But I went to her school on March 4th and her counselor let her come out and let me see her for about 10, 15 minutes on her birthday. So that was actually the last time that I saw my youngest daughter. Um, my oldest and daughter, is, I have We're in August now, so March, April, May, June. So that's almost five months you've seen your baby, the youngest. Yeah, this is, this is actually the second time I went this long without being able to see them or speak to them. And when, when's the last time you saw your oldest daughter? Um, February. Okay. So do you get to speak to them on the phone? Nope, not at all. So does the oldest have her own phone? Yeah, I bought her a phone 
Um, and now it's like her mother takes it. You know, she took her phone, so now I don't really have access to her. Okay. Now, now you can get into how did we get here? How did we go from proud, involved father to I haven't seen my girls in one for five months and the other one in the last seven months and I haven't spoken to them. So what, tell us a little bit about what led up to this and how it happened the first time and the second time. Okay, well, the first time, um, well, in in our relationship when we were actually a couple, we had, you know, like I said, the only thing we really had in common is that we were both real goofy and um, we had both had a lot of kind of pain from our past. Mm-hmm. But um, I think she might have had, you know, just a little, a little more as far as not having, you know, her parents and certain structure and, you know, things she had to go through. So she's kind of lived with that pain for the longest. Um, I was able to kind of have my family to kind of fall back on, even though, you know, I didn't have my mother and my father, me and him never really got along, mm-hmm. but, um, so we kind of shared that, but that like kinda, a, tra- a trauma bond. Yeah. Yeah. But that was actually toxic. That made things a little worse. Mm-hmm. Um, so just going through things in our relationship and, you know, me cheating and you know, kind of hurting her the way I did. I think that she's never actually let go of that part. Okay. On top of all the other pain. So it's like now I'm the one that she can kind of point at. I Well, really, I'm the one that she can kind of say, I'm hurt, so I'm going to hurt you, and this is how I know how to hurt you, because there's right. really no one else that I can give this pain to but you. Right. You know, and I really... have found, even in, in, in my situation, I have found you're either trying to replicate what you, when you have your own children, right? You're either trying to recreate your upbringing, like what you saw with your parents, or you're trying to create something new. So you might have, she maybe thought, oh, we're going to be mom and dad, and these are going to be our kids. And she's blaming you for shattering that idea of what she thought her life was going to look like. Like you said, from hurting her, cheating on her. Yeah. Now she's like seeking revenge. All right. So continue. So, um, you know, we would, we would have our breakups and makeups and breakups. And we had a breakup where I would, I left and moved to New Jersey. And the last, the last time we broke up and tried to get back together, I left North Carolina and moved back to New Jersey. And um, I was like going back and forth, catching the bus or the train to see my daughters and visit them for their birthdays or every other weekend like that. And um, I tried to like introduce her when I started getting into the Muslim religion a little more. I was trying to introduce her into it, saying, you know, we can share this and maybe this will help our relationship. Uh But um, at that time, when I moved back, I was really like immersed in the religion, trying to be, you know, trying to be on my dean. He wasn't really taken to it. So it was like, it was, and it was bad for me because I was staying with her, her mother and her sister. Okay. So 
you know, they would kind of look at me like, oh, he's trying to control you with this. And, you know, just saying all these negative things about the religion to her. So she didn't really take to it. So we went through more drama. Uh-huh. So then I left again. So when I left and went to New Jersey again, that's when she started to kind of, you know, look up things herself and take interest in it. Okay. So we would conversate, we would have conversations on the phone and and it was somebody else that I had met that I had started talking to. So I remember when I went to visit, I think it was my youngest daughter's birthday. Yeah, I went to visit her for her birthday and I get down there and I see like she has all the books and she has her little rug and I'm like, oh, wow. So she's, you know, trying to get into it. So I honestly told myself, I was like, well, when I get back to New Jersey, I'm going to tell the female that I was talking to that, you know, I'm going to kind of try to make this work with my baby mother. Mm -hmm. But I never got the chance to because she had called and left a message on my voicemail and I took my daughter to the store and she had you know she knew that my cousin was real close to me and that he passed away and she knew his birthday so she put that code in to get into my voicemail which was actually the code so she heard the voicemail from the female saying you know can't wait till you get back baby that oh, okay, okay. so when I came back in the house they were actually on the phone and they were Her arguing. And the girl. Yeah, they were arguing. You left so, your phone at home? I because it didn't have any service. So I didn't think um, that, you know, she would be able to get it. I wasn't thinking of it that way. So um I walk in and they're actually on the phone. Why weren't and, you up front with her? With who? My my daughter's mother? Yeah. I don't know because I knew I didn't think that she would understand it so i just thought that i can just cut off ties with the other woman and then continue to work on the relationship with my daughter's mother all right so that's a lesson learned provide context yeah listen everything i tell people all the time you can play around all you want but everything done in the dark comes to light yeah and it definitely came to light but you know she she had knew of other times where you know, I cheated or whatever. So that right there, I came in the house and they were on the phone and they were going back and forth. And she was like, uh, well, when he come back up there, he not dealing with you. He's still in love with me. And she was like, tell her, tell her who you in love with. Aww. So I told, I told the other woman, I said, you know, I'm in love with my baby mother. So she was like, yeah, B and hung up the phone. But then, you know, my daughters were right there and she just started like crying like Mm. crying and I remember her saying to my daughters do y'all see how y'all father keep hurting me yikes oh we gotta stop doing that so yeah so that was like that that was like wow (sighs) and and that's and that's gonna kind of tie into the situation now okay but so then that was like that was like the final where she had had enough and so I get back. I'm like, oh, man, I don't think it's going to I don't think I'm going to be able to come back from this. So I get back to New Jersey and it was over. So she had moved on and she ended up meeting a guy who was um, Muslim, much older than her. Married. Oh, OK. And that crushed me. I'm talking to the point where I was in tears on the phone, crying, 
like a baby trying to get, you know, I, I want my family back. And um, she just wasn't having it. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, did you expect her to? No, no. Okay. I mean, I, you know, but it was just the fact that, you know, at that time, you know, me you got a about, little taste of your own medicine. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Mm. So that, so that cut deep. And, um, but I remember just trying to, you know, tell her that, you know, because she got into that marriage so quick because the guy was older and he was Muslim and he was teaching her a lot now that she was more interested. Right. So um, she kind of married him without knowing his actual background. So um, basically, after they got married, you know, I continued my fatherly duties, visiting my daughters, you know, providing for them, doing everything I needed to do. So how we get to the first situation, she had wanted she wanted me to help her get a car. Uh But at this time, like I said, she was married and pregnant by her husband. Oh, I didn't know she had other children. Yeah, she had one more. She has a son that she had by him. So um, I filed my daughters on my taxes at that year because I was working and paying child support. She wasn't working. So um, I filed them on my taxes. and She's like, well, can you help me get a car? And I said, well, you don't even have a license. And she said, well, my husband's going to help me get a license. I'm like, okay, well. He should also help you get the car. Why can't your husband help you get a car? So then we go through this whole back and forth for about two or three days about it. And then I was just like, you know what? All right, I'll give you the money to help you get a car or whatever. So before I could even get my income tax back, my daughter's birthday came around again. So I go to visit In March. them. March. Yeah. So I go to visit them for, their, for, uh, for her birthday. And I had money from me working and child support had asked me money because they were taking too many too much arrears out of my check okay so i used that to go down and celebrate my daughter's birthday she thought i had the tax money and she was calling me on the train and all these threats i know you got the money i'm like i don't have it yet my husband said if you don't have that money when you get here it's gonna be problems and oh yeah so just like starting all this craziness so I get down there, none of her threats. She didn't, you know, follow through on any of her threats. So um, I was staying next door with her sister. Me and my daughters were staying next door with her sister. She stayed next door with her mother. Okay. Her so and the, the husband. Her husband wasn't there. He was, like, out of town somewhere. So the day that Sunday... I was supposed to leave that Monday morning. They had school that Monday morning. So I was now I'm over at her mother's house sitting in the living room with my daughters. So they asked me, can I stay in a room with them? Now, mind you, they're, they're like six and two at the time or seven and three or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they're asking me, can I stay in a room with them until they go to sleep? So I said, yeah, she comes out her room. No, my husband said, you know, you got to go. He not comfortable with you here and da 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 this and that. So I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I'm just going to be in a room with them till they go to sleep. You're in your room. How am I causing you any problems or anything? Okay. So she called the police. Wow. So I'm in the room with my daughters and the police come in there with 
guns out and you know how they have the flashlight in their hand wow. and the gun in the other hand yeah so they're like let me see your hands i'm like hold on i have my daughters in here like so we go through that situation so i get back to jersey uh-huh. she you has know, we got the, clean it up a little bit Sharif. <laughs> all right i'm sorry she has the audacity to call me and still ask me am i going to give her the money the, for the car yeah so i said no i'm going to spend it on my daughters so she said, well, if you want to speak to your daughters and see your daughters again, you got to take me to court. Oh, so that's the first time. That's the first time. So it took me and it was five out months. out of spite because you didn't help her buy her car. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now, I'm going to, we're going to pause right here because, you know, I got to put my little counselor cap on. So okay. do, you, do you think that she needed the car as, as a tool to help her with the children? Uh, yeah, I mean, of course. I can see how you would feel, and I, I don't disagree with you. I can see how you would feel like, first of all, you bugging. You know, she called the police on you and everything. And then second of all, you you have a husband now. Yeah. But And I think that gets dicey, especially when um, two co-parents don't communicate regularly in a, in a um, productive way. It gets funky, like, what's my role now when you have this other man? Who you're actually pregnant, you're married, and you're, yeah, you're pregnant magnet, with this child. You're, magnet. you're married and you're pregnant. Um, because now you're saying he gets to determine if I can put my daughters to bed, but he doesn't get to buy you the car. So where, where are the lines? Yeah. Like, how can yeah. you still be a full father, but she's saying, but he's my husband, so he's the head of, like, he's their leader or head of their household. So it gets funky. All right, so the second time. So this time... So this was how many years ago the first time that happened? This was 2013. So and you took her to court ago. at that time. Oh, so seven years yeah. ago. That's when I had my baby. Yeah. So you took her to I court. Am... Did you get joint custody or? I got secondary custody and my visitation rights, which gave me the summer, spring, uh, the Christmas break, the birthdays, like, you know, and, every and other week. Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then you moved back to the South so you can be closer to them. Well, I moved to the South so I can be closer to take her to court. Oh, okay, okay. I transferred my job. I was working at Home Depot, so I transferred down here to be able to be close enough to go back and forth to court. And then once I got my rights, I just figured I might as well stay anyway. So So they're not traveling back and forth. All right, so yeah. now we're going to fast forward seven years and we are back in the same predicament. What? How do we end up here again? Because things were, from what I could see, were going well. Things were going well, but honestly, they were going well because I was kind of making them go well because I knew that the minute that we would have a real, you know, problem, that it could potentially happen again. So it okay. was things. Is she still with the husband? No, he passed away in prison. Oh, Oh my and gosh. See, that's where it gets that's where it gets tricky because he end up be he end up being a fugitive. Oh. Marshals kicked in their door. Lord have his mercy. That's why like it's a long story. I don't think like right. I don't think we have enough time right. we can talk about it. Do we have just to kind of chop it up? We, you can have the whole I can do a whole Sharif season. <laughs> but <laughs> so so how we got here the second time, um, like I said, we were good. Because there were things that I didn't kind of agree with, but it was more of a thing where it was like, okay, when they're home with you, you're going to do things your way, 
that's fine. I'm not going to say question you about certain things that I don't agree with, but whatever. And when they're here with me, then, you know, then I'll have, we'll have that balance. Okay. So, but where it got to the point where it was like, I had to say something was where my oldest daughter grades started slipping. I remember we talked about this. Like bad. Yeah. And she, so she had them like learning like how to speak Arabic, how to read it, write it. She had them like going to like some Arabic class. I had them studying Arabic. And um, me and my oldest daughter were on video chat and I was, you know, talking to her about her grades. And I said, uh, you have to study the Arabic just as much. I said, you have to study your schoolwork just as much as you study, you know, to learn Arabic. I said, because just knowing Arabic isn't going to do anything for you in this world not in this country yeah so she overheard it and she just grabbed the phone and went off and we got into this big argument i was like well they're not arab they don't need to learn they don't need that stuff she's failing in school we got into this big argument and it went on for a couple days and um yeah that's honestly like how we got here really she she kind of just to put into perspective for everybody this is during the pandemic Mm -hmm. um, where she was doing virtual learning right yeah because well before her husband passed away when my daughter was in the eighth grade her second semester the good thing that he that i felt he did was she was failing her first semester eighth grade so he told her he said well if she she fails this second quarter, then she's going to stay with her father. So she listened to him on that part. And she okay. let my daughter, that's when I had her. And when the pandemic happened and we were doing the homeschool thing. Okay. So I had her at the table, you know, every day with her. We got her grades up. Then her ninth grade year, she went back to her mother. But in the midst of that, that's when her husband, her, her husband passed away. Okay. Prison. So it was like a mixture of, a lot was happening for y'all at one time. Yeah, and her being kind of hurt from her husband passing and then that argument. So he passed away what year? Uh, 2000, the end of, beginning of 2020 or end of 2019. Oh, so he just died. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to do it again. I'm going to play this devil's advocate empath thing again. So what I, what I know about your um, your baby mother, from what I understand... So she's been hurt. She's been hurt by you. Her idea of what she wanted her family to look like had been shattered. She felt that, well, you were unfaithful. And then she wasn't sure if she could trust you. Mm-hmm. And then she found somebody who she almost, like you said, she dated someone much older than her who could teach her almost like replacing her father figure for her. Um, and maybe she loved him. I don't, I don't know that woman's life. And he was in the home and then he ended up being a liar too. He ended up putting on a face but not showing up for her in the way she wanted either and was removed from the home and then still tried to be her husband from prison. Yeah, serving a 25-year sentence. Right, and then she probably thought, I'm going to wait because at this point now she's a Muslim woman. I don't know what you, what the, what, how it's based in your religion about divorce or finding a new mate, but it sounds like she was willing to wait for him. Um, And then he dies in the midst of a pandemic and then yeah. her daughter is failing so now it's like do i turn to the guy who gave me my children but i don't really 
get along with him because of our past that we never healed from. Who do I have left? You know, as far as male men, because it seems like her, she's got her mother and her sister. But the, what men? You know, where's that masculine envy that she's looking for? And then she took, d- took in her way of taking control, she took your children from you. Yeah, basically. Okay, so I'm just trying to put 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 together the whole picture because she's more than just her actions. She's her actions and her feelings. And the same goes for you. You're more than just your actions. You're your actions and your feelings. So right now she's really put you in the corner because she she took them away from you. Yeah. Um, and- without giving you an opportunity to. I mean, if anybody took my son, I'm burning something down. So let me just tell you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't think society gives men a space to express themselves in that way without them seem, seeming aggressive. Because if you were to respond in the way I would have responded, if someone took my kid, you would be going to jail. Well, I I did. Um, oh. <laughs> the, last, the last time where I actually tried to go pick them up, uh, and I, they were actually expecting me to pick them up. And um, I pulled up, and she came outside on her porch, and I had the windows up, and she was kind of saying something, but I wasn't listening. So um, she went back in the house, and I called her mother's phone to tell her mother to, you know, send them downstairs. But she had had her mother's phone, and she was like, well, they're not coming since you want to do things the hard way. And I kind of, like, I did – go a little extreme because I went live so I can kind of show everybody what I oh, had to no, deal with and go through. Media. Yeah, yeah. I, I, don't, I know I shouldn't have went that extreme, but I kind of just... Social, we got to get away from social I wanted. Media. I really wanted to record it. I should have just kind of just put no, it on a I private video for myself. No, I think you wanted to shame her. That, yeah, and no, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and no, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But it was it's just okay. like, it it's was in the okay. moment. We're not here to judge. We're just here to state facts. That's fine. And, um, you, you were responding out of, I mean, panic. Yeah. Somebody so, tells me I can't see, touch, or kiss on my baby. Some, like, I'm panicking too. So do am I condoning going live when y'all are in the midst of a really serious personal um, thing? No. But I'm giving you some leniency. I understand. Yeah, no, I, I know that was too much, but um, yeah, it was a spare of the moment. So I went to the door and knocked on the door, and she came out, and you know we got into this argument, and you know calling each other names. But when I called her a name, you know, she it was she directed to my daughters. Look, see, look at your oh, father. Oh no! Look at your father. Oh no! Like trying to make always just trying to make me seem like the bad one. So yeah. now now she has this thing where. She actually told my oldest daughter, my oldest daughter told her that she wanted to come stay with me. So she actually stopped speaking to her. I, that's why I had Texas printed out that I'm taking to court. Oh, she stopped my, She stopped speaking to your older daughter? Yeah, I have Texas with my oldest daughter saying, well, mommy's not speaking to me anymore. And I'm like, why? Because like, I told her I wanted to come stay with you. So now it's this my thing heart where... For these girls, my heart. Because she's making them feel like... Because now she feels like since I introduced her to the religion that I should be kind of going about it a certain way and, you know, trying to, you know, fully immerse them in it the same way she's trying to. Mm. And um, so now she tries to make it seem like I'm not good for them in that way. Because you're not being a devout Muslim. 
you know, mentioned to my oldest daughter, well, you know, he shouldn't be smoking weed and, you know, saying you know, stuff like that. So now it's like she'll make them feel guilty. Oh, for wow. Wanting the religion to, against you. Yeah, yeah. And, and against them, making them feel like, you know, well, if they don't go about it a certain way, then they can be mm -hmm. punished or, you know, they have to follow certain structure and certain things. So my heart is really hurting. And the really, because she has never healed from any of the situation she's been in or given herself that time, she is literally splitting your daughters in half. She's tearing them down the middle. Yeah, um, she's putting the same pain that she's been yeah. through. She's actually putting them through it too. And we do, we do that. We do that. And it's because we don't want to go through it alone. That's why they say hurt people will hurt people. Because yeah. we don't want to go through that by ourselves. We want somebody to be sitting and suffering with us. And so because our children are the most susceptible to our feelings, like your kids will feel what you feel, whether that's joy or sorrow. So because they're the most susceptible and we have the most control over their emotional state, when we're not good, we just transfer that to them. But what is it? Well, how can they heal when they grow up if you're not healed or if you're not ready? So, exactly. so you said you have a court date coming up in a few weeks. Yeah, I had to. Um, well, it was crazy because, like I said, we already have the court order. But now that she she stays in South Carolina now, so she's in um she's in Berkeley County. I stay in Horry County, but our court order was actually out of North Carolina. Oh. So I had to um. I had to take that order back to North Carolina court, get them to stamp and seal it, then bring that back to the county where I stay at, register that court order there. They what had to this serve, work? Excuse me? That's just a lot of work. Yeah, so they had to, once I registered it in Horry County Court, they had to then send it to Berkeley County so they can serve her. They served her. She had 20 days to contest that affidavit she didn't contest it so then i had to take i had to go back to the courthouse to file a motion to get her for violating the custody order then i had to wait for them to mail me the affidavit then take that affidavit myself to berkeley county and pay them to serve her and that's how we got the court date mm. this is a lot now we're gonna end the episode soon but i want to to challenge you again i want you to when you are ready when you feel comfortable when you feel it in your heart i want you to apologize to her Not you know i did that before in the day hello you're breaking up hello yeah i hear you now oh okay sorry um she's she's clearly upset with you um from things that have i don't want you to apologize to this woman here i want you to apologize to the goofy girl with the tongue on the porch because there were <laughs> there were things that happened between then and now that have ruptured and ruined those two people, those two young people who fell in love. And I think y'all really have to start communicating with each other as 19-year-old Sharif and however old her. You know what I'm saying? Y'all got to get back 
back there and be okay with 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 the fact that you have to that you guys are just not together and not getting back together. I think she's still in that space. And now she's yeah. lonely and her husband just died. Yeah, but I think it's a little more complex than that. It's definitely and, and more complex than me, that. Me me apologizing to her. Um, like I said, I did it before the first time we went to court and after we were kind of making our way back and I apologized and I told her, you know, I'm sorry for everything I put you through. And I just tried to explain to her what I went through, you know, without being able to see my daughters at that time. And it was mm -hmm. like the response was, well, if you had given me the money like I asked you, then. Right. You know, so it was like, a, like, wow. So and, and me apologizing to her now, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even know what to say that right. would get her to, you know, actually accept the apology and let me be a father. And I don't even know that it's so much about her accepting it. I think it's about because we can't change other people and we cannot determine their actions. But on the episode that I had, the first episode with my mom on it, she says that you are everything pushed out. So even... I mean, every, sorry, I always say it wrong. Everything is you pushed out. So even though we cannot change people, we do invite a certain energy from people. So there's something, maybe it's a way that you feel about her inside of you. So if you can find it in yourself to truly forgive her, not just in word, but in feeling, if you can feel forgiveness for her, and I'm not saying that this is going to be like some magical spell and she's just going to be confused and start acting right. But it'll cause you to treat her differently and it'll cause her to respond differently. And really, it's not, I'm not even asking you to do this for you. I'm not asking you to do this for her because y'all are adults and y'all got to figure this out on your own terms. But for those two girls who are just seeing their parents constantly at odds, who won't know how to create a family for themselves when they get older. Cause yeah. they won't know which mate to seek. If their father is always being shown this, look what your dad is doing to me. He's destroying us. They won't know what to look for when they're looking for love or for family or for home or for religion or for its source. You know what I'm saying? So not even for the two of you, but for them, um, I hope that you guys can find forgiveness for each other. I'm hoping that for her too. I don't know her, but I'm just going to put it out there and hope that it manifests that she finds it in her heart to forgive you. And I hope that you find it in your heart to forgive her. Oh no, Sharif, you hung up on me. <laughs> Are you still there? He's like, I'm not forgiving this trick. and hung up on me. Oh, well, I'm not sure what happened. I can't hear you anymore. But for those of you who listened to that very deep episode of Sakarawa, thank you so much for coming back for another episode. We will be back tomorrow to kick off the friendship season. Um, and if for, uh, my last point, if there's a parent in your life, if there's a co-parent in your life, if there is someone who should have been a parent to you in your life that has let you down, um, I just want you to extend forgiveness to them. Um, because it's hard. It's hard raising people. It's hard raising ourselves. It's um, hard raising children. So find forgiveness for those people. And um, and I hope healing for all of you. And I love you. And we will be back tomorrow. All right.